0: This is That Other Sports Show. Let's
1: go. Yeah, boy so there we go we got uh we got the uh the the shea rollins the great shea rollins in and out so he can go back to the grill do his thing uh we are currently back online and we're getting our stuff ready to go again great stuff uh i know that we are gonna have to kind of cut it short maybe even mr staley will want to talk about some MMA stuff too he's an all-around sports guy Uh, i have Perfect, uh, uh, uh trust. date. he knows exactly what he's doing. Hell, man, the guy gets paid for it for a living, so so why wouldn't he? So, now what we're gonna do is this is going
2: seamless transition here. I hear it.
1: Yeah, we're doing, we're doing, except for the fact that I gotta get his phone number and everything.
2: <laughs> no, this is what you do. So, we can talk MMA, uh, if you want, uh, after Mr. Staley, if you want to just jump back into some of the main event stuff or if you just want to hit him with generalization stuff like his thoughts on Triller I'm interested in individuals thoughts on Triller from an outside perspective like if you're not like MMA Twitter guy or if you're not an enormous you know uh, UFC noob guy uh, I'm interested in what you what other individuals outside think because majority of people I talk to they really enjoy it. You know what? I'm just gonna. I mean, we talked about Twitter now or Thriller a lot
1: in the last couple of weeks, and I just got to say, man, I, I absolutely love it.
2: It's moving I, the needle.
1: It, it, it is. It, it even if you like for some of these guys out there who are fighting on these cars, who don't make a ton of money elsewhere. Now they're starting to be uh, needle movers themselves. You know what I mean? Task opportunity for a lot of these guys, and like just the craziest shit like Mike Tyson's coming back for another fight the, the Tyson Holyfield thing that is absolutely off the wall crazy you know what i mean so i don't know man it, it's it's nuts i love it though it's it's everything that
2: uh i wonder um i wonder you know cuz we're going to talk about the Paul brothers again here but i i wonder if Dana looks at a scenario where he goes you know i had a chance to sign him I probably didn't. No, I clearly didn't. I signed CM Punk. I thought he was going to be the real needle mover, right? Like basically I just missed a a wiffle ball pitch for a home run, if you will, by signing the wrong guy and by giving the wrong guy, just an enormous bag of money. And here, and here's the outcome, the cause and effect, if you will, the CM Punk ends up being kind of a laughing stock. Um, Dana has some egg on his face, if you will. And, uh, the, the Paul thing, he just kind of kicks around, continues to box, figures stuff out, and then ends up becoming just this enormous star. I mean, the guy is an enormous star now. Well, yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that's, that's been happening. So,
1: <laughs> professional wrestling guys also. So, you know, we, we grew up with uh, WWE, WWF into WWE. And then when WCW was kind of in its heyday, that was an awesome thing to have. I think when you just have that one sport or that one program and it it kind of takes over else, I think it, it does dull the sport or whatever it is that it's, it's influencing. Uh, UFC is, it's like, Oh, it's another UFC card. That's great. Oh, it's another Dana White promo. Oh, it's another Joe Rogan, weird fucking aliens exist type shit. But Bellator is making a comeback for like the fifth time. You know, there's just so much happening in the world
2: of combat it's, sports. And I it, absolutely we, we talk about it. we talk about options, right? It's about options because everyone's trying to, to buy up, you know, material. Exactly. If you want. want to have content. And speaking about content now.
1: We're transitioning Top to our content, second cast, Mr. Antoine Staley, Mr. Staley, thank you. for. Yeah,
0: it's good to be with you.
2: Jesse's been having some issues here systematically. So if we get cut off all of a sudden or if all of a sudden one of us drops off, we swear it's not because we don't like you or if we just think we are a bad guest. It's just we're having some tech issues. But we're <laughs> working through it. So, you know, it's, it's the combination of it's kind of live, but we can also edit, it. So we'll figure it out here. Uh,
1: sir, I want to start off because we were just talking about some mixed martial arts stuff. And I know that you are a sports guy. So uh, one thing that's kind of hot button topic right now is uh, Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall. Were you able to catch that fight?
0: Uh I I did not, uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I um I saw I saw the clips of it on Twitter, but yeah, I didn't I definitely didn't see the fight though. I, I saw enough of it as it was like <laughs> That's all you needed to see, right? yeah. That's all yeah, you needed I, to see. Yeah, I saw the clip and that was that was all I needed to see, I guess.
1: It was a nasty break. Uh you, you cover uh, football-heavy stuff. So you've seen a lot of injuries. You've seen a lot of things happen. You've seen guys come back. You've seen guys not be able to come back. In your professional opinion, standing on the sports sideline there, what do you think the possibility of a comeback for Chris Weidman is? It's a pretty nasty injury.
0: Um, I mean, I, I think it's possible. I think with modern technology and medicine today, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, it's obviously it's not going to be an easy road, but you know, we've seen it with – uh I, I don't like Dak had Dak Prescott had the nasty injury that we saw last year too and apparently he's ahead of schedule. So yeah, it might take a year he might have to take a year off just to rehab it and you know, I don't necessarily know what the diagnosis is of that, but you know, you could just tell, like, yeah, b- b- it is not supposed to go that route. Like so <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so, like but I, I think he can come back. It's just gonna it's gonna be a long rehab, a long process. But yeah, I, think, I definitely think it's a road back for him. Maybe twenty, thirty years ago it might have been a death sentence, but I definitely think now he'll have the opportunity to come back. Before Jay
1: asking questions, I got one football question for you. Uh Alex Smith, possibly the greatest comeback in NFL history. I mean, and you can correct me if you think something else, but in, in the terms of me watching football, and I'm a, I'm a nearly 40-year-old man, so I've been watching football for a long time, I think it's incredible what he was able to do. I mean, the man almost died, for God's sake. Uh, the situation between now it's been heavily criticized, and he's been heavily criticizing them. Do you have any thoughts on, on the whole situation with Alex Smith and the Washington Redskins?
0: um football i, I team, think yes. yeah i think uh yeah i know what you mean.
1: yeah I, I knew um i think it's a
0: touchy situation it's very, team. Sorry. it's very uh very sensitive because i mean you have somebody that was coming back for such a devastating injury and uh obviously you know when you change coaches like that and i mean that I mean, that wasn't ron rivera's guy i mean he kind of inherited the Alex smith situation and you now they had to pay him they had guaranteed money on him so uh, I guess in Alex wanted to play so I guess they were real cautious about it I'm sure that they were scared to death they didn't want anything to happen to him uh, but at the same time just reading some of the uh, things that I read in Sports Illustrated and also the <laughs> GQ uh, it was definitely interesting it definitely puts them in a negative light there but I get it because like I say whenever you have it like he, Jay Gruden wanted him like he wanted Alex Smith mm-hmm. they remember the trade and everything like that and he ended up getting hurt and Of course, uh, Ron Rivera takes over, and uh, everything else was just completely different. So, yeah, it's it's a um, interesting dynamic. It's a uh, very sensitive subject. I I probably, I thought he probably should have retired too, but just the fact that he stepped on the football field once again, I definitely think is. I I don't know if I'll say it's the best comeback. It's definitely up there. I I don't know. I would say what would that would be, but. Uh, I definitely break that up there with Bo Jackson he ended up coming mm-hmm. back from his devastating first injury, uh, from end up playing baseball again and uh, coming back and hitting that home run the first time out. So, yeah, I think that was up. Those two are up there among everything else.
2: Jesse, don't forget Bridgewater. He's in the news as well on the Bridgewater thing. That, that was pretty severe. Uh, Antoine, we want to get some of your thoughts on this uh, upcoming draft the first round in particular, right? No one wants to talk really about the offensive tackles. No one wants to talk about the defensive interior line. We want to talk sexy stuff here. So let's start with wide receivers, all right? There seems to be that three-way jumble here with these wide receivers, right? Whether it's Chase uh, or whether it's the guys from Alabama. How would you personally rank the three?
0: Um, uh, I, I guess uh, for me, it would probably... probably- Probably Chase and Waddle and then Smith too. I mean, it. I think all three of them have a chance to be really good. You look at the receivers that came out last year. Whether you talk about uh, Jerry Judy and Henry Rudd's and um, CD Lamb and that group, I think all of them had really st- um, strong fr- of uh, rookie seasons. So I definitely think it could potentially be the case once again. It's just a matter of what you like. Uh, obviously. Devontae Smith, his size has been well real, real chronicled. Uh, I definitely think it's been overblown, to be completely honest. Uh, you definitely see – it's been other receivers that have been slender, too, and, and it's worked out. And it's not like he can't put weight on. Uh, he mm-hmm. definitely ended up having an out, outstanding season in 2020 where you know one of the best statistical years I think we've seen out of any receiver. But and also you got uh, Jalen Waddle, who I thought was the the number one guy until he got hurt. Does that devastating uh, injury, and I definitely think he can do a lot of different things too. And his speed is just something that's electric. And Chase is kind of, you know, brings a combination. I think of probably both of them, where you know he's that definitely number one alpha dog receiver that you know can stretch the field and just be a go getter. And remember, he, him, and Justin Jefferson, uh, they made a good tag team combination when they when LSU won a national championship, and you know we saw how good Justin Jefferson ended up performing last year for the Vikings uh, after the Stefan Diggs trade, which was pretty much worked out for both teams. So I definitely think uh, it could be a situation where I think all three of these guys could end up being really, really talented guys uh, moving forward.
2: Jesse, quickly, I just want to shoot some quick stats at you here. Here are uh, Devonta Smith's last seven or eight games. Jesse, are you ready? Let's hear it. 13 catches, 164, a touchdown. 11 catches, 167, two touchdowns. Seven catches, 73 no touchdowns, 11 catches, 203 yards, four touchdowns, nine catches, 144 yards, two touchdowns, seven catches, 171 yards, two touchdowns, eight catches, 231 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, there was the one game where he, it was the anomaly. I don't believe he played the whole game, the Arkansas blowout. Uh, and then we get into the last three games here uh, against Florida, 15 catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns uh, against Notre Dame, seven catches, 130 and three and then against OSU, 12, 215, and three touchdowns. I keep hearing the Marvin Harrison comparison here, Antoine. Not one thing specifically spikes or stands out. He's just great at everything. Uh, what do you think of that comparison?
1: Um,
0: I think it. I, I think it's I, – I hate really comparisons, to be mm. honest with you, because nobody, mm-hmm. nobody really lives up to them. But I think I can see why people um, kind of – so Assum- like kind of classify those guys together. I definitely think uh, when you look at uh, Marvin and when he came out of Syracuse, uh very slender as well. And uh definitely uh definitely some definitely some parallels to both of them there. I think uh, Smith obviously put up bigger numbers. Harrison played more in a uh, triple option offense uh in college with Syracuse back then. So yeah, I, I think uh I don't like I, I can say I don't want to say put Marvin Harrison on them, but I can definitely see they both have similar type <laughs> qualities uh that I can see why people would say he's similar. Um they're both really smooth receivers, really good route runners. And uh if he can be anything close to what Marvin Harrison is, I think he'll be in good shape.
2: Agreed. I think just has of, some stuff there, yes.
1: Out out of the receivers, um I mean I think it's well documented that these three receivers are are gonna be really good. I, I think so. Uh Waddle had the, the the injury, but he's come back from that. He's played extremely well. I think he, he's he's uh, shown enough. He's still got the speed. Devontae Smith, slender in size, but still that's to me. I don't know why everybody's making such a big deal out of it. Isn't that the day? Isn't this the day and age of the NFL that we're playing in? This the smaller speedsters, whether it be a run. Receiver, which now both those lines have been blurred. Now you see wide receivers lining up in the backfield, running backs lining up on the on the on the outside in the slot. So I'm not worried about his size. The guy can catch and he can run, and that's all that you can expect. And he's going to do that a lot better than a lot of other receivers in the league. The guy who uh, Jay and I have talked about a little bit, and he's kind of been the clicky guy in the sports media world. That's Kyle Pitts, the tight end out of Florida.
2: Mm, where the sexy guy where does Pitts
1: fit in is he gonna be that Jeremy uh, uh that that Jimmy Graham back in New Orleans where you know receiver is he not I keep where hearing does,
2: Vernon I mean, Davis that's the one this I hear
1: guy's gonna be able to line up anywhere but and Antoine where does Kyle Pitts fit in with 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 any team
0: any, any anything like anywhere?
1: I mean anywhere. You
0: got, you got a tight end <laughs> position; it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I so think he fits can just in play. And, yes, he can just I think, play. I think he fits in any any offense, whether you have a tight end already or not. I think I think the floor for him is probably like a Vernon Davis, and it's not taking anything away from Vernon Davis. I think he had a decent career, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think. He, that's the floor for Kyle Pitts. I think the ceiling, I, I don't know what the ceiling is. It could be, I, I like. I hate comparisons. I mean, he can potentially have a Hall of Fame type career. I think he's that good. And you saw him last year. He didn't even have a drop pass whatsoever. And, you know, I think a lot has been made about his blocking. But, one, I mean, he's a decent blocker. Uh, I think better than what I think a lot of people would kind of portray him to be. And, two, you, you can work on that. Tony Gonzalez wasn't a good blocker coming out. Uh, college. Shannon Sharp definitely wasn't a, he was a wide receiver at at Savannah State. He ended up having to work on blocking once he got into the league and once he became a tight end, uh, both of those guys in the Hall of Fame. So it's going to be something he can work on, long as he gets with the right coaches, which I'm sure he will. But the bottom line is the NFL its different than what it was back then. You know, you're going to have tight ends lined up in the slot um, in a lot of different areas as well. So he, does blocking, he can block too, but also at the same time, you can also get a tight end that's going to actually do a lot of that dirty work for him. And he doesn't necessarily have to worry about that, but – yeah, I, I think he's just admit I think he's the second best player in the draft. Maybe the first best, but maybe the mm-hmm. best player in the draft. I I, just, I think he's that good, to be completely honest. And he could go anywhere and produce immediately.
2: What are your thoughts if you have that uh initial pick, that first crack at one of these defensive backs, are you going certain the second? You going horn, or maybe there's a sleeper guy you prefer over those two?
0: I think it depends on your system and the mm-hmm. team. Uh I, I think it's no one size fits all there. I I can definitely think, I think, you know, you look at a team like the Carolina Panthers, then I think maybe a horn might fit better for them than a certain Whereas I think if you're talking about maybe the Dallas Cowboys or, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe a certain would be better as well. And, uh, you got, you got some other guys too, as well. I think it's a really interesting cornerback class too, as well. Uh, so, but yeah, I definitely think it, it just depends on your system and uh, what you run defensively. But yeah, I could definitely see Horn possibly being taken before Sertan. But either way, I think both of those guys are going to be uh, drafted pretty early.
1: I agree with you that um, quarterbacks, there's the uh, the lighter version, counter guy Horn, and so on. So you're bigger, stronger, more physical players me, at least, uh, the team, team and the type of defense. defense and that's where, where those, those players, depending on. That's, that's where they're going to go and, and, and end up succeeding or not. not. It's going to be based, based off of, of uh, defensive schematics. Um, we like lately talking about the quarterbacks. And let's face it, man, the quarterbacks. NFL teams. any, any high, any team, high school, college, don't matter. If you're the QB. You're the guy. You're the leader. You're the captain. You're the, ones, you're the one that, that gets all the cheerleaders and everybody else gets what's left. So let's talk about these quarterbacks. We've got – when I look at it, I, I mean, they could go anywhere. I have no idea. you got Trevor Lawrence, probably going to be number one. Uh, I think that's just out of the fact that Jacksonville has been so terrible for such a long time they need a quarterback. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to get – he's going to be the sacrificial lamb to go to Jacksonville and either make that team better again – Or maybe not so much. Who knows? He's probably going to be number one guy. After that, though, Antoine, it's kind of anybody's game. There's going to be trades and all that stuff. But if we're just looking at it from a one through five, you know, pick. How how are you picking these quarterbacks?
0: Are you are you asking me who who do I think the best quarterbacks are in the draft, or are you yes. asking me how do I think they're going to go in the draft? Uh, yeah, those are I'm two different rank answers. Them. Rank I, them first. I, we're
1: first. Rank them first. We're going to rank them. Yeah, we're going to rank them first, and then rank we're going to make you pick.
0: Um. Well, I probably would have uh, Justin Fields too. Uh, I just think that. I I really like I really like this body of work. I, I think he played at a high level in the playoff during the playoff games and to me I think he's the second best quarterback. And but I know a lot of people like potential and they see that in Zach Wilson and uh, especially they see some Mahomes type qualities there in him. I, I think I think you have to be careful with that because uh, where you have Patrick Mahomes, Patrick, you saw some, you're some good in Patrick Mahomes, obviously, especially I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching that he received, too, as well in Kansas City. But I think also uh, if you kind of saw it in the Super Bowl, too, when he was kind of running for his life, if you don't have uh, players around him or, you know, skill positions like set you get the bad type of kind of like what Brett Favre. That's kind of – that was my comparison to Patrick Mahomes when I saw him. I thought he was more efficient Brett Favre, but just kind of the gunslinger mentality. But, yeah, you can get that Brett Favre bad qualities. And, uh, look, Zach Wilson had a tremendous 2020 season. I definitely would have him number three. Uh, I I still have a little bit of concerns there, but, you know, I do – I didn't like what I saw at times last year. Uh, as far as the other guys, uh, Trey Lance and Matt Jones, I I definitely have a lot of questions there. Trey Lance uh, playing in Division One AA level didn't play really play one game that showcase game last year and didn't play it particularly well. So maybe he could turn out to be a good quarterback. I'm not necessarily sure. Uh, I I, did, I saw some of him in North Dakota State, but probably uh, I need to see a little bit more from him um, during the film that I watch. And Matt Jones, I. I I I I don't see the appeal that some people do. Maybe neither do
1: I. I agree with you.
0: uh, (laughs) Maybe maybe I'm missing something. I think he could potentially be a decent quarterback, but I I don't see him oozing with Hall of Fame talent. That's just my opinion.
1: He's Matt Uh, Schaub. Oh wow! Well, he's. that ain't a Jesus, bad thing. No, that's not No, that's not, not, a, not terrible. I'm not I'm not, not trying to make it, so, it I'm not trying to make it sound like for it's your terrible, third overall pick that, that
2: you're hoping changes your franchise on a team that was in a Super Bowl the year before last, this, I don't think it's a good. This thing. is what you
1: get when you are in the quarterback, you know, spinning wheel. When you're on when you're on that quarterback Ferris wheel or whatever you want to call it, like quarterback, this is what happens. You know, whoever takes Mac Jones, and honestly, I still think that the New England Patriots is the best fit for Mac Jones. Uh, Whether they can whether he falls to them, that's a whole other story, but with Mac Jones, what you get is a prototypical 1980s, early 90s, you know, from the center, immobile quarterback who's got a decent arm and some accuracy, and he will win you some games, but I don't see him being that Franchise changer,
2: you can't be Antoine- flat footed in twenty twenty one in the NFL anymore. Bottom line, uh, Antoine- three step and five step. You
0: you can, but you have to be like really really good at what you do. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can still like I still think uh you can be a you don't have to be super mobile like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes to be successful. However, you better be. You better make sure you're accurate. Uh, <laughs> and better make sure your pin your accuracy and pinpoint position is like excellence but yeah i think i think it's a place for um quarterbacks that i just think that a lot of people kind of want that more of a mobile type quarterback in this day and age you don't you don't have to be that but that's not necessarily why i don't necessarily i don't like matt jones as much as the other prospects i just think it's uh i just i just don't see the appeal uh that some people do i just kind of think he. Yeah, I mean, if he had a career like Matt Shaw, I think it. I think that's a decent career. I mean, look, sure. it, it, well, yeah, I, I mean, to be taken third overall, yeah, I'm sure people would find that to be disappointing. It's not like Matt Shaw was a terrible player, even though I know a lot of people kind of criticized him at times for interceptions. But the man did make some Pro Bowls and uh the did in passing for a little bit too, and helped Texans get to the playoffs. But yeah, I definitely think uh, when you're taking that high, you're going to be expected. Uh, have a lot more expectations upon you.
2: Antoine, how do you think the for these quarterbacks that we're mentioning now? How do you think they go? Not where you would rank them, but how do you where do you think they're going?
0: Uh, well, I think um, well, since like the one and two is pretty much set. Yeah, TV uh, stuff. yeah, it's pretty much with uh, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Number three, I, I guess if you believe what the smoke do, what the smoke has been saying, Matt Jones is going to be taken third. I, I I mean, I still have a – I still holding out hope Justin Fields. I think that would be a good situation for him in San Fran. But if he, start, if he falls there, then uh, I, I don't know what Atlanta might do. I definitely – I don't think they're going to take a quarterback. I think especially good. when, when Matt when Matt Ryan is – you know, his contract is so large over the next couple of years. I mean, he's 35 too, so it's not like uh, we've seen it with other quarterbacks playing into their forties. I, I don't see why Matt Ryan couldn't do the same thing uh, either. So, and he it, he certainly wasn't the reason why the Falcons were as bad as what they were last year. It's more or less their defense. So, yeah, I could see them if they don't take pits, I can I can see them trading down too. Like I, I still think that's on the table. To be honest with you, because they need a lot of help, especially defensively. And, <laughs> and I don't know if you want to take a defensive player at number four. So, get as many pits as you can and. Uh, take the best defensive player wherever you might land and have somebody come up. That's what I would do. But uh, I, I think, you know, number three, like I said, I think, I guess Jones goes three. Uh, I probably would say um, Justin Fields will be taking the fourth and maybe Trey Lance would be the fifth quarterback taken.
2: Do you think that uh new England moves up? If one of these guys is in that top seven or eight or nine picks, do you think New England moves up? I don't.
0: It depends on what if they there if if one of the quarterbacks is there at nine or ten, yeah. You uh, think I, think, so? I think so. I think that's possible because then the price to move up isn't as high as opposed to moving from fifteen all the way to like seven or six. Yeah, I think um that price will require you to give up a, another first a first round pick two first round picks and then some other assets but then again we, we never we hadn't seen the Patriots like this in a long time where mm-hmm. you know we've seen them super aggressive in the offseason with spending money and uh also with the fact that them getting a lot of players back from the opt out I definitely think that's going to be key for them too as well and uh having Cam back and hopefully uh healthy and you know covid situation behind them you know we'll we'll see how that goes he can tutor whoever is going to Possibly be his replacement there. I know a lot of people talked about Jimmy Garoppolo maybe going there if the 49ers part ways with him, but I, I don't know if that might be depending on, I don't know if that might be an option unless they the 49ers flat out release him, which I, I don't know if they would at this point. Whereas you got they other teams for him. where like Washington or the Bears, yeah, uh, who could it's use somebody else like that. Yeah,
2: he's a serviceable quarterback, and if and if, if he stays healthy. Are- very good point. It's always an if. It, uh, so if uh, if their teams are getting a six for Bridgewater, uh, you'd think they'd be able to get some for Garoppolo. Um, well, we, we're well talking- here's
0: mm-hmm. the thing, too, with the Bridgewater, well, the Panthers had to pay a lot of that money. So that's kind of – have to take. take it, yeah, you kind of have to put that in there, too. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a big asterisk as well, whereas yeah. yeah, Carolina had to eat a lot of that money uh, in order to trade them because that's the only way they were going to trade them.
2: Antoine, who's the one player that we haven't discussed yet that we should be? Who's the who? And within all the sexiness here, who's the player that that might uh, might might be the guy that we just aren't discussing? That might be the guy out of this draft.
0: Uh, I like Xavier Collins from Tulsa. Like, I've been <laughs> on that bandwagon for a while. I know a lot of people don't watch Tulsa football or uh, AAC <laughs> American football uh, with you know, UCF and Houston and Tulsa and East Carolina and some of the other teams. But yeah, I think he's, I think had, had he played in the SEC or the ACC, he'd be a top 10 pick. Like it's no question. Mm-hmm. I think he's just as good as more Michael Parsons, mm-hmm. if not better. I mean, he's six foot five mm. two sixty, and can run like the wind. I mean, he can run as fast as like, he is like the creative linebacker on a video game. That's how, that's how good he is. And, and he can drop back in covers too. He can do it. He can do it all. Like, I, I, like I, I really think he's going to be the star of the draft too, as well as the teams are going to be kicking themselves if they don't draft him. Uh, maybe in the 18s range, I, I think you're looking at a team like the Dolphins who could use a guy like that as very versatile. Uh, number eighteen, I definitely think he's he's definitely has an opportunity to be taken by Miami at the at the second first round pick.
1: I really really hope not. I really really <laughs> hope he falls to Buffalo because he's no <coughs> chance. He's, he's my sexy pick for. Both. Uncle moves up in the draft to get this oh, guy. there sack. Yeah,
0: go. Yeah, you're gonna,
1: yeah,
0: you're gonna have to move I up. <laughs> I don't
1: understand. I don't understand why people aren't talking about this kid. This kid, he is a man every, amongst boys. Just yes, every guy, mock I'm
2: looking at, he's coming right after Micah. It's like Micah will be 12 you, you, or
1: 13, you, and then and then he's right after him. You but in, in, even with that mock, I don't. I still don't think that people are giving this guy credit. Maybe it's because they don't get a lot of coverage. Obviously. But this I'm guy, is a, he is a lights-out tackling machine. And I swear, like, when he lines up and you're an offensive player, you fear what's about to happen. He is a ginormous man who can run like a gazelle. He has got all to be a, a potential multi-time Pro Bowler. I, I hope the guy, that like wherever he goes, that team is going to be a lucky, lucky ass franchise because they're going to get themselves a tremendous football player. Yeah, uh, if,
0: the, if the Bills want to go, yeah, they're going to have to trade up because I yeah. have a feeling um, he's going to be taken. so. If he if he makes yeah, it to the twenties, uh, you may you, you want have one of those teams that made the playoffs last year take him.
2: Yeah. And, and on top of that, Antoine, and I'm sure you know this, once, that, once Micah goes off the board, everyone's going to go, okay, we got to get Collins. He's, he's the next best available linebacker, and teams that are lacking a linebacker are going to hop on that. Um, incredibly unique takes tonight, Antoine, and we appreciate it. One last question before we get you out of here. Yeah. Uh, going back to combat sports, give us just an open generalization your thoughts on Triller.
0: Oh, I, I like what they're doing. I think they're they're you know, kinda changing uh, the game and sports and entertainment too as well. I think I, look I, I'm a boxing fan. I, I like traditional uh old school boxing, but you know, I think in this day and age, uh, where people's diversion gets kinda uh, diverted into <laughs> different mm-hmm. things, yeah, you you kinda want that entertainment and kinda you don't necessarily want like 50 million matches as far as the preludes to to Mm -hmm. a boxing matchup. So you might get some entertainment. You got something that can just keep your attention throughout. And I feel like that's what they're trying to do. And, it may be something maybe they're setting a new precedent uh, for not only for USC, but also boxing in general that, uh, hey, you know what? You better change your game up because we think this is what's working, too, as well and what could work in the future. But, yeah, I, I think they are um, they have some interesting ideas. Uh, mm-hmm. Some I don't necessarily agree with, but exactly. I, think, I think a lot of them are really innovative and it, it's the kind of challenging to what's going on right now. And I think uh, I'm definitely excited to see what they can do in the future.
2: I, I Jess and I talked a ton about this last week and you and I are on the same page here. I think you've got to have some, we're going to throw some stuff at the wall and see what works. And some of it's not going to work, you know, maybe a slap fight with Ric Flair in the middle of it. Isn't going to work? Maybe it's not. Maybe Doja cat is going to work. Maybe it's not depending on the genre you're looking at. Right. Jesse and I are in our early forties, late thirties. We're not going to care about Doja cat, but the person that's into Jake Paul and into YouTube and uh, in early twenties, they probably love that. So yeah. they got to try different things, right? And, and some of it is going to work. Some of it isn't. But you've got a very good point, which is the normal stuff that's been regurgitated from boxing and UFC, which is here's the announce here. Here's the preview. Here's the fight. Here's the result. And then we're going to wash, rinse, repeat for X amount of fights. It's nice to have a change up.
0: Yeah, especially if you're um, wanting people to watch from all the way the prelude start until like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I mean, it's it kind of gets a little like that's why I come in. Like I I, I have a couple of fights I want to see, and then that's it. Like I I'm not trying to spend six or seven hours watching. That because half of the time, I mean, unless you're a really hardcore UFC yep. guy, you don't even know the hell these guys are, anyway. Exactly. So,
2: I mean, Je- so, yeah. and Jesse <laughs> and I have been doing combat bat sports on this show for over eight years, and we still don't know some of these guys that are on the prelims. And we have Adam on the show, like, that's how bad it is.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I think it's uh, you definitely got to change it up because it, like you say, it gets repetitive after the, t- the period of time.
1: All right, Mr. Staley. We have enjoyed your company. Thank you, sir, for agreeing to come on the show. I just wanted to be on here who has, you know, takes it, you know, from a, a more professional standpoint. We always love that from uh, professional media. Please, sir, again, thank you for being here and uh, plug anything that you got going on, and, and don't forget to include your Twitter.
0: Uh, yeah well I was just gonna say just follow me on Twitter that's pretty much the best thing to do uh, <laughs> you get access to a lot of articles that I've written or you know I well I won't even call it really hot takes but just kind of opinions that I might have too and I, of course I'll be throwing a lot of them around tomorrow night so yeah, just mm-hmm. follow me on Twitter where you can find all my stuff too so I'm definitely looking forward to the draft and I'm sure you guys are too so yeah. thanks, for, thanks for having me on and Hopefully, we can do it once again soon. Oh,
2: please, please. We'd love definitely, to have you definitely. back when we definitely. do our NFL preview stuff. We do over under stuff on win totals, and we can have you back maybe for the AFC, NFC. That'd be awesome.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah,
2: definitely. Thank you so much, man. Have a good night. All right, y'all take yeah. care. We'll talk have to you. Have a good one. There it is, Jess. Once again, seamless transition from, from seamless. a professional guest. We get nothing but professionals on here now. I lo- I love the
1: professional standpoint because. Because we're there was not. A point, there, well, yeah, there's a point in time when I wanted to consider like, what we were doing professional, but it, I'm so far over that now. We are not professional. But I think fine. once we you wear it, once in, you realize we're not, not the show's better. I think so too. You keep telling me all the time like, don't look at the numbers, don't look at the numbers. Let's just come on the show. Let's have fun. Let's have people on. Let's talk sports and bullshit. The, the numbers will get now, better. Now, when I start to uh, kind of let go of that, it's a little bit more fun. That's so saying? now for. For like the third time, mixed martial arts because I don't believe that Anchor allowed us to actually record anything that we had up until Antoine came on.
2: So no, Che. Oh my no, God! are
1: you serious? I, it is. It is a travesty that oh Anchor. God. You know what? Anchor. No, don't do it. For, I apologize for talking. Are about we gonna it lose this recording? The, no, this is on. This is good. I, I apologize, Anchor, for talking about porn at the Don't beginning. Don't do of it. The show. I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. Don't I'm do being it. super sarcastic right now. That was some damn good stuff. You took it away from me. And now I have to talk about Shevchenko again.
2: We had, uh, let's quick recap for the people that will never hear it. We did a warm up <laughs> where we talked about Jesse purchasing a new phone. We talked about how I've poisoned my previous iPhones with pornography. We're not going to discuss the type because that's what we think. That's what we think got us in trouble and banned so. and got us uh, canceled the first time. But the the show just magically stopped recording, uh, and then we started doing another show. And then I think Chase started talking about how awesome it was in Texas to not wear a mask. There's like 1,500 people all kicking back no mask, and it's all good. Uh, and, and I'm sure the I'm sure the rat. What is it? The the lefties. The rat. What do they call the li- the lib lefties? Just hit fucking delete on that really quick. Can't be having that <laughs> shit out there. Same. Cannot have that on live. On but Antoine insane. was incredible. Antoine was incredible, though. Again, shout out to Antoine. I hope you can get him back for the um, for the football stuff because he really was incredible. Um, yeah, good takes.
1: Like I said, uh, I've been following this guy now on Twitter. Uh, his takes are super. They're just from sports media. He obviously has his favorites, and he will, you know, be opinionated as far as that. He didn't show his hand else. on any of that. I, I, he that's he seemed fair about. and unbiased. Super amazing, unbiased guy, and he's like that on Twitter as well. So, at the end of this, we will obviously give everybody his Twitter problem again. So, quick right. recap UFC 261. Yes. It was last week. Matt Chris Wyman For- braces leg this is the 15th time we've talked about this that's what i know 15th is it's insane <laughs> weidman brace his leg it's nasty we hope him a full recovery what happened to him wish him a full recovery
2: and again oh. jesse and i are regurgitating something that we've said a bunch of times but you guys haven't heard it because the recordings that's... keep deleting themselves it's... the mma gods are weird right it isn't about karma be... it's They're about super crazy just... tonight it's just very odd, and, and again, we don't want to say it's karma, but we do want to say there's some irony there, and it might be rich, and we'll leave it at that. We do wish Chris a speedy recovery, cool. and also, Uriah right. should turn around and have another fight. If, if you if I you were booked so. in a fight, didn't fight, fight with seven seconds, you didn't, now you're not a scratch on you. You should be fighting in like two, three weeks. It's just my opinion. I'm sorry. Um, Valentina looked great against Andrade. Amazing. Jesse and I on the previous show that was uh, deleted, we went through two or three fighters that we thought uh, Valentina should fight. We agreed that maybe he should, she shouldn't fight any of them. Uh, she's in a very unique part of her career, much like Mighty Mouse, right? Uh, she's not moving up because it's not happening. It's not beneficial for her. Nobody's moving up to fight her because they'll end up losing. Uh, and she's wiped out the division twice. There's really nothing there for her to do, Jess.
1: No, nah, nothing at all. And 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 again, the money money will come. So there's no there's no reason for her to move up or down. You just keep cashing those checks and and
2: demolish whoever they, you know, they. Zhang versus Rose, you and I are in agreement here. We both thought Zhang would win this fight. We thought it would be a tough fight, much like uh, the first fight that uh, Zhang had with the uh, Johanna, Johanna violence. Uh, Rose uh, proved us wrong. One strike changed the entire fight, knocked out Zhang so badly. When she woke up, she still thought the fight was going on and was mad at her corner for stopping it. So that's when you know your ass is knocked out. Um, I I believe a rematch should happen, and not because um, she got not because Zang got knocked out. It's because Zang deserves it. In a fight, things happen. In a combat sports fight, where you have small gloves and throw strikes, things happen. She got knocked out. It wasn't a beating where you went, wow. She was soundly defeated. It was just hey, they're in a fight. They're banging. Shit happens. Let's bang, bro, again. I said, do I say run it back?
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. And and I know that there's a ton of people out there who have disagreed with me on Twitter uh, as far as me saying, hey, Zane deserves a rematch right away. Like, let her heal up. Fight again. Uh, people don't want to see it. And they keep throwing all these names of, of, of women who. can. And this is what I would say. Jay talks about it a lot. You have to be able to move the needle. You have to be able to bring attention to whatever it is you know, that you're trying to bring attention to. And in this case, combat sports, MMA, and it's a huge women's fight. Let's, let's run. Like Jay just got done I'm telling you guys, uh, it wasn't a beat down. There was no point in time when you were like, damn, like she just does not belong in the same cage as Rose. Rose is a tremendous fighter. Zang is a tremendous fighter. Zang's super uber aggressive. I think that you give her, you know, a chance to come back. I think it's a totally yeah. different fight. Whether or not she wins, I still think it's a different fight. But it again, it moves that needle, and I think that that's what you want. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I I think that it, there should be a rematch.
2: Yep, Calderwood doesn't move the needle. Lauren Murphy doesn't move the needle. Caitlin Talbuki, what has she done? Who have they beat?
1: What, what has she done? Nothing.
2: Who has she beat? See, this is what you guys miss. Is this is a hilarious fucking inside joke because Jesse learned a full <laughs> tirade on who in the fuck is Lauren Murphy beat? And it's really nobody, but she won her last fight. I don't think she was supposed to win it. So because of that, because of that only, who cares about rankings, right? Rankings matter when they want to use them against a fighter in the UFC. Rankings don't mean the shit when they just need to get a championship fight done. Um, but none of those names move the needle, Jess, so we're going to keep it moving here. Uh-huh. Uh, we're moving to the next championship fight, the main fight, Usman versus Masvidal. You and I predicted pain for five rounds. We thought it was going to be a wash, rinse, repeat, if you will, where you get Usman taking all down, all wearing down, and eventually just getting 50-45, just ten nines 9s across the board. And boy, were we wrong. Usman landed one of the nastiest right hands that I have seen this year, Jesse, and I would like to break this down for a moment because when you look at the way he throws this right hand, the trajectory of it is perfect it is almost the same velocity that you see a softball pitcher winding up and throwing up. You know, I'm talking about one of these heavy, these heavy set girl softball pitchers. I'm talking about a big hot softball pitcher throwing <laughs> you some heat, and they wind up that arm. She might be Samoan. She winds up that arm, and you know there's heat under the seat coming. That's the same velocity and strength in which Usman threw this right hand. It was, again, the best right hand I've seen thrown all year. And boy, did it connect. He put all to sleep. It's one of those rare things that we don't see. We always want to say, when we talked about this last week, Jess, is he comparable to GSP yet? And I said, nah, because GSP was going on this incredible run. But GSP wasn't knocking these guys out. He was winning, but he wasn't knocking these guys out. Well, now we're starting to get this you know, murderer's row list, if you will. These fatalities that have happened. And uh, you look at Burns. You look at Masvidal. You look at who he fought before that. He's starting, to, yeah, he's starting to rack up these knockouts. So three of his last four fights against top competition were finishes. That's fucking impressive, Jess a hundred percent
1: uh we we did we had a uh, discussion on last week's show like where does usman belong like uh is is he pound for pound number one uh i brought up you know maybe he he is in that top spot that gsp spot where he just ruled over all the welterweights for such such a long time and uh you know jay brought up great points about uh you know usman needs to be a, a murderer in the cage and then let's 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 that let's crown him then let's crown him but ice now
2: now let's crown him I, let's crown him <laughs> now let's crown him let's be prisoners fight. of the moment jess let's be prisoners fight, of the moment it.
1: all and and i don't know who's out there saying that Usman shouldn't be this or he shouldn't be that and i know that the great shea rollins is not at all uh, it's okay but, this, but but let's let's just put it on, on paper. If you if you just lay it down, you look at the wins, you see the guys that he's beaten, especially now over the last like maybe two years, you oh you almost have to crown. Him. You almost have to. He he has left people with no choice but to say that he is the best fighter on the planet right now. Mixed martial arts.
2: There's and, really and,
1: and, and, I, and, and, and I, I think completely
2: I think, Jess, we were doing a. Izzy, Stylebender is pound for pound. Stylebender is pound for pound. He's taken the rightful crown. And then we started going, man, if he beats Yan, holy shit, he's on another atmosphere. He loses to Yan. And you and I did a pod right after that, and I said, let's not discredit this guy. Let's not go trending down. Let's not do that. That's not fair. Now I'm about to do it. Because I don't believe he's pound for <laughs> pound number one anymore. Now no. I think it's spin. And again, I might be a prisoner of the moment. But goddamn, his run this past four fights, this four-fight win streak, three of them being finishes. That's impressive, man, in a division where you're fighting just straight-up killers. That is fucking impressive. I'm sorry, I want to see him fight Colby again. I really do hope, hope he fights Colby again. If they're not going to give him uh, Leon Edwards or the winner of Edwards versus Diaz, a fight I kind of don't care about, but that's another story, uh, then gave him Colby. Colby and, and Usman was an incredibly competitive fight. And one of my favorite fights of the last two or three years, there's certain fights I'll go to when I'm at my desk that are openly on ESPN+. Plus. You can just watch at a random time. This is one of them. This and Ali versus Frazier. Are some of my go tos on a random Thursday afternoon when I'm just waiting for an hour to get out of work? I'm like, I'm putting these fucking fights on. This is one of them. This is one of them. Morales and, and, with, Barrera.
1: and with Usman, this, this is the thing too is that, uh, you know, we see a lot of guys where we'll criticize them for how they win. Uh, it's just lay and pray or, you know, whatever it may be. Oh, he, you know, he illegally pokes dudes in the eyes and gets away with yes. it or whatever it may be. I don't care. Usman has gradually learned to beat people on every level, whether it's wrestling or striking or, you know, it, it's just, this guy has come up and it's been so quick. And I think that's why people don't want to actually give him the credit because it's been such a fast rise to the top. But man, this guy can beat you every which way, but loose. And when do you're you done, do you know the last like,
2: time Usman lost chess? If you have, 2013. Holy
1: smoke, dude.
2: Yes, 2013. The guy hasn't lost in almost fucking ten, in eight years. And he's got a lot of TKOs and KOs in there as well. I know he went through a stretch here in the UFC when you look at the Maya and the Meek and the Strickland and the and the the, the RDA fights where you go, Well, these just weren't entertaining fights. Well, she's changed. Because again, the last four fights you got to look at, there were some of the most entertaining fights that we've seen, and the Woodley fight was entertaining as well. Because that's when you went, "Oh my God, this guy's on another level." What's Look at what this guy's doing to Woodley. Like, no, he was doing things to Woodley that no one had done to Woodley prior to that. We beat him at his own game. So I, again, I'm gonna. I mean, I'll crown him. I got no problem crowning him right now.
1: I'm right now. You can't see me, but I am taking the crown and I'm placing it on Rusman's head. He is the king right now, and until somebody can stop him, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I do want to see another Colby fight, and and th- this is another thing about great fighters is they make other fighters look that much better. Even in loss, people hate Colby because of his whole Trump shtick and the you know this and that. People dislike him. They think he's a racist or whatever. I don't think so. I, and, and I could very well be wrong because I don't know this guy. But Sometimes. I will tell you this. After watching him fight the way that he did, broken jaw and everything, he did not give up. He kept coming forward. That, to me, gave me a whole new respect for Colby Covington on the fighting level. And that's what a great fighter like Usman will do. He makes other guys look just as good, if not better, in loss than if they would have somehow ended up winning the fight. I love it, man. The, Usman's great. I want to see him fight Colby. Uh, Jay, real quick, where does Vidal go?
2: You know, I thought about this. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, Vidal has maximized his potential. He has grabbed the largest bag that you can grab. He has. A re- he really deserves a pat on the back for the way he was able to turn all this into just uh, gains, if you will, you know, financial fortitude, for sure. if you will. Um he knew when his stock was trending up, he took full advantage of it. Um, I believe he reworked his contract and got paid. He got two championship fights. He got paid for two championship fights. Um, uh, endorsement on top of endorsement. I mean, the guy really figured it out and then came out and announced he's going to start doing bare-knuckle fighting now. He's, he's going to be promoting bare-knuckle fighting, which means he probably doesn't have to fight again if he needs to. You know, Now, if they're going to give him one of these uh, legend fights or Nick Diaz or something like that, He has no business fighting in a title fight again. And that's fine because I'm sure he does not give a shit. He's had his opportunities. He made a ton of money in the last 18 months. I'd go to say, I'd guess... He probably made more money in the last 18 months than he made in the first 10 years of his career combined. Maybe that's a stretch. Maybe that. I don't know. I, I doubt it's much of a stretch. If anything. Uh, maybe equal. Give or take a few you're, you're
1: You're talking about a guy who literally got his start the same way Kimbo sliced did, Basically being yes. filmed in the backyard, fighting yes. in the backyards of yes. Miami, Florida. Yes. To, that's, to, to go that's from insane. there, to go from that, to holding a pretend belt like the BMF? I mean, The Rock putting a belt on you? The rock puts a belt around your waist. The fucking you, rock! You fucking made it, guys. Like if you're that, you've made it. And like Jay said, he maximized his potential. I do believe that. That's. I even mad,
2: Jess. It makes me but, smile. It makes me smile when a why fighter it makes it. It makes me so happy. When we talk every week on the show about prize fighting and maximizing, get your money. You're getting punched in the face. You're getting locked in a cage and putting yourself in incredible danger for our entertainment on a random Saturday night while we're kicking it with the boys and bullshitting and drinking beers or not drinking beers or trying to avoid smoking cigarettes like Jay Rollins. Like what? The, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck pay the man, pay them all, pay all these motherfuckers. Look, all man, these all my- every one of these motherfuckers should be living in a house nicer than Dana. I'm sorry.
1: They, they should, and and I'm I will sorry. say this as far as far as Masvidal's concerned, there's probably you know ninety percent of any MMA roster that wishes they could have been in his position over the last three years. Oh and, shit, ninety five. You know, and that just goes. I mean, that's just huge. It's huge for like I said, for a guy who started where he did and where he's ended up, and getting all the the, the, the things that he's gotten in between. The guy's done far more than he even probably ever thought he was going to.
2: So- he maximized his potential. He made a ton of money off of it. And again, C- tip of the hat. Golf complete tip golf clap to uh, Jorge Mazdal. I'm right, proud uh, of you, player. Do you got anything else you want to bring up? Um, we, we have Paul, Bro- Paul, Paul Brothers really quick. Uh, the, Ooh, yeah, DC, the DC versus Jake thing. You think that's a work? I think it's a work. So I don't. Think, earlier, I don't think it's a work part, at all. By
1: the way, part of so part of uh, our shtick that got cut off like three times is me saying that the Jake Paul at the UFC event and DC getting in his face and them kind of having words. I believe that it's a work. It's a complete work. Pro it, wrestling. It, it, it Pro wrestling me,
2: work is what Jesse's
1: implying here. That, they, me, that they're
2: all they're all in on the rib. It reminds me
1: of the Brock Lesnar Undertaker. Ah, you want to do happened it in a while back.
2: You want to do it? So, Remember that? You want to do it? Yeah,
1: exactly. Remember God, that, I love hey, that moment? Come on, come on. Now, you want to do it? And we all do, do all those moments. Don't get me wrong. We love those moments. They're great. But to me, I mean, this is complete work. Obviously, Dana and Vance, you know, they probably had a thing like, hey, man, Wondertaker's going to show up going to talk some shit. Brock's going to get in his face. It's going to make people freak out. Twitter world's going to go crazy. And that's what happened here. And it reminds me, it's too close to that for me to say that
2: it's real. Jay, you changed my mind. Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be difficult for me to do it, but I just believe that uh, Jake Paul has no working relationship with Daniel Cormier, although they're both enormous wrestling fans. I can't see a scenario where he went to Daniel and goes, I'm going to get in your face. I'm going to talk a bunch of shit. and We're going to try and promote a fight because Daniel's smart enough to know there's no chance in God's green earth that Dana lets him fight, box for Triller or do anything outside of a UFC cage. So it'll never happen. Now, if Daniel now again, Daniel's also smart and knows, hey, this is a way for me to maybe make a little bit more money, turn this into an opportunity. Who fucking knows? Um, you know, he's if he if he sees this as an opportunity to go, hey Dana, you know what I'm actually thinking about fighting again? I'm thinking about fighting this Paul brother and Dana goes, nah nah nah, slow down, kick back. Here's another hundred thousand dollars a year to go, you know, get the shit out of your ears. Then that means it works. That means Jake Paul made one more motherfucker a lot more money. One more guy, with the rub. He gave him the rub, if you will. There's another pro wrestling reference for you guys tonight before we get out of here. Um, I don't believe it was a work. I, I, a work. I, I think it was just a straight-up thing where D.C. capitalized on opportunity, Paul capitalized on it, and that's that. There's water under the bridge. That's it. They'll never fight. They'll never happen a million years. Um, let's talk Mayweather versus other Paul. Will you watch this fight, Jess? <laughs> no. No.
1: no hey I, w- I won't I watch this fight. You're talking about okay. you're talking about possibly in a lot of people's eyes the greatest boxer in boxing history. Okay? Versus a guy who's 0 and one. 0 and one in his boxing career.
2: 0
1: and one.
2: What has can he I, done? Can I tell you what? what can I give you done? the outcome? Can I give you the what has he done? Who's he fought? He I have a bandana in my hand, guys. If you can picture me, I'm slamming it down right now. Who's he fought? Slam my bandana down aggressively. It's a vigorous slam. Hey, um, let me ask you this. So, I mean, the, the thought process here with Mayweather is he's going to do the exact same thing he did with Connor. He's going to wait until Vegas sets a line, like let's say five and a half rounds. And then he's going to let Paul beat him up for four or five rounds. And then after the sixth round, he'll really turn it on. Beat the kid's ass and make him quit. Take to, uh, to bet the over because he's not a dumbass. He'll so bet on himself, and then he'll just end up making like an extra million dollars on it. <sighs> from uh, I mean,
1: from an obvious financial <laughs> standpoint, yes. For May for Mayweather's from his standpoint, yes, it makes sense to do that same thing. And 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 I would I'll, let me let me just take Mayweather out of the picture. I would watch. Logan versus Connor mm. in a boxing match. I would. Because I don't necessarily think that Connor is the greatest boxer in the world. And, and I know for damn sure that Logan ain't the greatest yes. boxer in the world. So I would watch that fight. But you're talking about Mayweather, who's never lost a fight. He sat here, like, I mean, this is a guy who purposely went, I mean, he, he purposely at the end was like, hey, man, I'm going to you know, take these Joes so I'm going to beat them up so I can end my career with an unblemished record. And, I love and, it. And, and, and on top of and we that, we paid for every one of them. And we paid for every single Mayweather, and I, I have paid for Mayweather fights. I'm not even half the boxing guy that Jay is. But here's the thing, too. Mayweather is the greatest. I, I, okay, so I'm not going to say – I'm, I'm going to say he is Of this generation. Great, he is a great
2: – He's the greatest in the last 20 years, There's no denying He's the greatest fighter the last 20 years. There's no denying it.
1: I, I've not seen, outside of Canelo
2: over the past few years,
1: I've not seen boxing defense as good as Mayweather. Yeah. So now point? you now you put on top of that a guy who's only got one professional fight and he lost to a dude named KS one. <laughs> is it K R S one? It's not K R S one. So fan. you're gonna you're gonna put him into a boxing ring with the possibly the greatest fighter of all time and expect this dude to go however many rounds. It blows my mind. Now now is Jay is this going to be like a Showtime thing, or is this a yeah thing? No, this it's is already booked like, on Showtime. So listen to deal, this. Right? Listen
2: to this. This is this is how crazy this is. Trillers having Teofimo Lopez, who's one of the greatest boxers, legitimate greatest boxers on the planet right now, pound for pound, fight the number one contender for his belt. That's a fight I want to see. Triller aside, I don't give a fuck if Pete Davidson's hosting so or not. I want to watch that fight. <laughs> Well, Showtime's going to do the freak show. They're going to do chaos and combat sports, and do a separate pay per view, a different pay per view, where they go, "Hey, we're doing Mayweather versus Paul." So, uh, who the fuck, uh, you know, the gift? Shut up and take my money. Who's taking my money? I mean, it's probably going to be Triller. Which, which, so am I going with Triller? Who's usually a freak show, but they have the best. Professional fight in the ring that night, or do I go with Showtime, who traditionally has an incredible rich boxing history that they're putting on the freak show? What do I do?
1: Uh, th- you, know, you know, my friend, to be that continued, is that, is, that it is to be that's,
2: continued. That's it. You're gonna have to listen to that podcast to find out,
1: man. That's yeah, I, I will say this for all the crazy. <laughs> We love it. Whatever Paul is in, whatever ring, and, what, and under whatever promotion, it's all fun because carnival shit and circus shit and just chaos in, in combat sports <laughs> is a beautiful thing to witness. And and on top of that, you have the actual true professionals in sport having their own things. This, right now, if you're a combat sports fan, this is like a – What know, a like time mid, to be alive. This is, this is like mid-2000s type shit right now. I mean, you've got, a fight, time you got fight to be anywhere. alive. I love it, man. Uh, I think that is just about it for us. That's tomorrow it. is draft day, round one coming up. We will see Trevor Lawrence be crowned, the next number one uh, overall pick at the NFL draft that will happen tomorrow. Uh, after, after Lawrence, there's so much stuff that could happen. There's already been talks of crazy trades. The Broncos just traded for Teddy Bridgewater today, and the Panthers picked up a sixth-round pick. Are they still going to go and get – a quarterback? Are the Broncos gonna go get a quarterback? Who the fuck knows? Wait and see till tomorrow. And then with other combat sports happening, we'll obviously be aware of that, and we'll talk about that stuff next week. For Jay and myself, please follow us on Twitter at Valdesbell backwards five five nine. You can follow us on Twitter one more time, please. You can follow us on the pod at Team Toss twenty one, and Antoine Staley is just Antoine Staley, no underscore altogether. At Twitter, there you go. Please follow him. He was an, uh, he was a, an amazing guest, and I can't wait to have him back to talk some more football, folks. Until next week, hopefully with less technical difficulties. Please. I'm Jesse. This is Jay. We're out of here. Good night. Enjoy the draft.